Hi everyone, I'm Andrea Collins. And I'm Shelly Zorn, and this is Let's Talk Thomasville. A podcast about storytelling through perspectives of the past, our values of today, and our imagination for tomorrow. So in today's economy, employers increasingly need workers that are equipped with the type of technical knowledge and skills found in post-secondary educational settings. Um, We've got quite a few large employers in Thomasville and Thomas County that require a completion of of higher education. It's really interesting that we have a diverse manufacturing base, we've got a thriving small business community, and each one of these sectors of the employers have their own unique needs, uh, but they're all operating in an environment that increasingly relies on rapidly evolving technology and depends on skilled employees. We're, we're talking about the workforce plan and uh, a pinch point identified was the pipelines to post-secondary. And some really interesting information that came out of this study was that almost half of our community has either had less than a high school a diploma, a high school diploma or GED, and some have started college or an associate's degree, but didn't finish. And so what that means is that we reflect a low attainment level in the skills needed to meet the workforce demands. So for our community, our industries and residents to thrive, we need more people to make it to and through post-secondary. So um, our guest speaker today is from Southern Regional Technical College and uh, she is part of the workforce plan working group that focuses on pipelines to post-secondary, Brittany Bryant. Welcome to Let's Talk Thomasville. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Welcome, Brittany. (laughs) So, Brittany, what is your position with the Technical College? I am the Director of Marketing and Public Relations, and January will be my 10th year at Southern Regional. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Does it seem like it's been 10 years? No, no, it really doesn't. Like I'm like, five, yeah, six, yeah. This hadn't been that long. I'm not well, you must have started about the same time I started here at uh, yeah. the Development Authority, because it'll be 10 years in January, yeah, and it doesn't seem like 10 years. Wow. Sure. Well, we appreciate you um, being a part of this episode. Um, Clearly, we've got a lot to unpack and talk about. So um, it's very important that we have you here at the table today. Um, Meryl Wilcox, who was the um, project lead for this workforce plan, is the one who provided us with what what I just kind of shared a little bit about. Um, And I think Shelly's going to kick it off with really, I think, what's going to dictate the rest of our conversation. Yeah, so we learned during the workforce plan, and I guess we knew narratively, but we did not know the actual data of how many people in our workforce or how many residents didn't have that high school education or didn't have, had not finished a post-secondary. And um, we've talked a lot about, you know, the higher the skill, the higher the pay. So I guess one of the things we want to ask you today is like, what what are the challenges that you guys see at the college level to reach those people that need that higher skill to get that higher pay? Well, I think the first challenge that we deal with is kind of an older mindset that um, technical college is is vocational and that you know it's it's not worth anything and that's but it's not high higher well, it's, paying it's not higher it paying is. exactly it, it's <laughs> it's completely untrue so we are that's going to be a constant battle that we deal with or that a two-year degree isn't as valuable as a four-year degree 
But um, what we find is that we can get, we can train our workforce here locally more conveniently with less cost. It's less expensive for them and we can get them to work quickly. And sometimes make more than the people with the four-year four year degree. degree. Because I had an example of this recently. A good friend, her son moved here as an engineer with master's. His brother was helping him move and he had a two-year degree and he's a mechanic. Exactly. And he's making a lot more than the engineer was making. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, and it's a clean job. He's working on a computer. I mean, it, it's a great job. Yeah. That's definitely the first challenge that we run into is just overcoming that misconception. And then after that, it's just letting people know what not only what jobs are out there, but how they can get the training here in their own backyard that will be sufficient, if not more than what that employer Mm -hmm. needs, and it sets them apart from the applicant pool. And do they know after the training what jobs are available out there? I know you guys do a lot to make that available and to connect them with an employer. So one of the great things about um, our programs is that we have advisory committees that are made up of business and industry leaders here locally, and they are instrumental into creating and refreshing our curriculum that we offer. So every program of our 150 plus programs that we offer is going to lead to a job. That is our mission is workforce development. And those advisory committee members are instrumental in making sure that we're not teaching outdated curriculum or curriculum that doesn't lead to anything at the end of it. And lots of times those advisory committee members are the people who are hiring our graduates, even before they graduate. If you go speak to Cliff Taylor, our welding instructor, he's struggling to get people to actually complete the welding diploma because as long as they know how to weld a that employer wants to snatch them up. So they snatch them up before they have the degree. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. Yes. Huh. <laughs> that's that's the demand. Exactly. Yeah. And and the same thing is happening um, in our healthcare programs. Obviously, there's a nursing shortage in healthcare across the board, um, but local hospitals are coming in and recruiting our students their first semester in the nursing program, offering them scholarships, telling them about sign-on bonuses. So we really try to introduce them to not only the skills that they need and the environment that they're going to be in, but introduce them to their future employer well before graduation. That's amazing. That is. Yeah. That's That's exactly what we need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, when, when looking back at that first question, like what is the biggest challenge to reach the audience that then brings me to when we're focusing on, um, there's four generations right now in our workforce. Like that's, it's never been like that before. So we have generations from the baby boomer, and then we have generations that are, you know, millennials and um, Zoomers that are coming in. And so that leads me to ask, do you work with, or do you know, and this is going to be a loaded question, Brittany, but the desires of the new generation are different from what our boomers and Gen Xers, and definitely our silent generation, um, what their desires were. Have you seen that um, in the numbers of students coming in to be a part of specific programs because the desires have changed? 
We certainly see that um, in in many programs. I will say we still advertise the amount of money that you can make by earning an associate degree or diploma in a specific field because that desire is still there. You know, the basic, I need to provide for myself and my family and and have a great future and a life that I want to live. But we have seen a shift in that people especially after COVID, they want that work-life balance. They want to spend time with their family while also providing for them, but also that they want their job to be connected to a purpose outside of providing for their family. They want to see meaning in what they do every day and how that's impacting others within their community and within their world. And I see that on the employer side. When we go and visit our existing um industries especially i think they're trying harder to keep those employees and so they're trying harder to let them know what the purpose is you know if they're making aerospace parts the importance of the safety of the people who are in that plane they're making bread the people that they're feeding with that so i see our employers doing that too um, leaning into what's the purpose yeah it's interesting when you think about maybe the baby boomers or even the silent generation they showed up they clocked in, they did their work, they clocked out, they went home. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask a lot of questions, they just did. Whereas now, when we talk with HR departments about hiring for a newer generation, many times those questions of those um, interviewees are, well, I want to I want to know that we're making a difference, that the company I'm working for is making a difference not just in my local community but nationwide and possibly you know internationally or globally well we recently had an example um during one of our customer service training sessions i asked a newer employee an instructor i asked you know what what enticed you to leave the field that you were in and come be an instructor for us and she said honestly your social media really had a huge impact on me because i saw how proud you were of your students, but everything that the college is doing in the community. And I was really not expecting that answer. I was expecting the traditional, you know, it's a state job and I get I get spring break and summer break and a great Christmas break and, and the pension. I was expecting that answer and that is not the answer I received. So it's, even for our current employees, it's, it's the same way. That's so interesting, isn't yes. it, that, that that shift. We were talking about that earlier and I don't want to digress too too hard, but talking about all the different generations, I think you had the silent generation that just needed to eat to make a living. Exactly. And then as it progressed to baby boomers and on, we've advanced and technology has advanced. So I include myself in this, you know, I'm kind of soft and I want work-life balance and I want all the things. And so we see employers going towards that too. It's, it's kind of interesting. Would you say that they know about what's available or do you feel mm-hmm. that um, there's still a big, oh, well, we didn't even know that that existed? That's definitely still a challenge that we have to overcome. Um, and we are trying to reach people Um, and just educate them on what careers are out there and what training is available here locally. So computer numerical control is one of the programs that we offer at the college. But even for me, that's difficult to comprehend. I I don't what what does that that mean? (laughs) Yeah, what does that mean? So companies like Checkmate or Taurus use CNC machines to cut out their parts, but they need someone to program the machine and tell the machine what to do. And that's what a CNC specialist does. And we have that program at the college. But that's really hard 
to comprehend. If you've never done it. Or yeah, seen it. Yeah, and I know we have others like Pursuant and others that have, in fact, the cabinet shop, Carol's Cabinets yes. now has a CNC machine. So that's very commonplace, but most people wouldn't know about it if they hadn't been in it. You told us a real interesting story at the committee meeting about how you're trying to attract those specific people. Yeah, so what we are doing is we are currently advertising on Twitch, which is a live streaming service that was um, bought by Amazon, and people can get on there. It's mainly for gaming, but there's, I mean, you can live stream anything these days. So um, our students are on there, and whether they're playing a game or they're watching a stream, we are we are um, placing ads there that looks similar to the game they might be playing and then tying the skill set that may come with that game to a degree or certificate that we that's have ingenious. at the like, That's ingenious. Yes. And to me, that's the beauty of the Workforce Committee is bringing all these people together from different sectors. And I thought that I knew like 90% of what the college did, but I learned all kinds of things at the committee meeting. That was one of the most interesting to me. That's very ingenious. We're pretty proud of it. (laughs) That's ingenious marketing there. It is. I Uh think it's um, something to really be proud of, especially as we're connecting with our business community. And they they may not know all all the little nuances of trying to connect and reach the generation that's into the gaming stuff because because they could be the future generation that's working on you know the cnc machines and and, and the coding and and all the things that are way above my pay grade at this point <laughs> um, but I, you know i mean i think that the, the purpose i'm so glad that you shared that on our podcast because i mean that is a really really special thing that's awesome Brittany. for sure for sure so the other thing we talked about in the workforce committee meeting was the high demand career initiative that the college has and I think we worded it differently before we knew that that's what the college said that it was, but it's basically higher skills for higher pay, and the state has identified those that are needed the most. So tell us what some of those are, and also what's the benefit? So there are several um, high demand careers that have been identified by the state, um, and a few of those that we offer at Southern Regional Technical College are going to be your emergency medical careers, um, EMT, paramedicine, and then that goes into commercial truck driving that we offer, early childhood care and education, welding, industrial systems, and then the certificate and diploma level nursing courses. So your nurse aide, CNA, and your LPN, which is practical nursing. And those are those are just a few of the many high demand career programs. And with that, the benefits that the state sees is obviously there's a shortage in those programs of, of those um, skilled employees who are out in the workforce. So they want to give incentive to, incentives to students who seek out that that credential by offering free tuition for those students. So our tuition is $100 a credit hour, and um, those students do not have to pay tuition in those programs. There are other fees that are associated, but if they have any other financial aid source, um, if they have federal financial aid, those can cover those fees. And then we also have scholarships available to help, you know, ease any financial burden that may be associated. But not having to pay tuition is a huge, That's a great huge deal. Thing. So That's assen- a great deal. essentially, you can literally go and get this high demand credential for free. For free. The states identified these and yes. have a direct link to a business that is ready to hire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No excuses to say. Yeah. 
that I can't find I can't a job, find a job. Enough when I'm done. Yeah. It, it's not I mean, there. you have a very high placement rate. We do. So our infield job placement rate, and let me reference my notes because it just um, we just, it just updated it. And updated it. Yes, we did, and we're a year behind on. I mean, it was already at like what ninety something percent. So. Right. So for um, our academic year 2022 which was the last academic year we completed. We're still at academic year 2023 right now. Um, our infield job placement rate was 95.89%. So that's a testament to our focus on offering programs that lead to real jobs in South Georgia. Can't get much better than that. Can't, no, no. So what are the classes that you think are most in demand at the college? So for us, it, and especially in this part of the state, you would probably get a different answer if you asked a technical college in Metro Atlanta. But yeah. for us, we our nursing program is sure. going to be one of our largest in healthcare in general. So we have almost it's a little over 40% of our total enrollment is enrolled in a healthcare related course or the core courses that get them to that sure. course. Um, so nursing is huge at the college, healthcare in general, and then welding and commercial truck driving. I will brag on our commercial truck driving instructor. She is an industry leader. She sat on the Federal Motor Carriers Board, and she knows everything that's coming down as far as new laws and regulations federally for um, for commercial truck drivers. And she has revamped our curriculum, especially after COVID, um, so that the first five weeks is the theory portion. It's it's online, and you can do it, you know, flexible around your schedule. And the last five weeks is the actual one-on-one -on -one with the instructor in the truck, learning the skills that you need to graduate within 10 weeks and become a commercial truck driver. Wow. Hmm. Yes. That's incredible. I'm sure logistics has really taken a whole new, uh, a whole new meeting post-COVID. Yeah. yeah. It's a totally different world. Yes. Now, isn't it? And yeah. those are, that's another program where our graduates, you know, they're being recruited before they ever even complete. They're meeting right. with, with recruiters from companies all over and they are being recruited to, right. to go out. That's and fantastic. Before that leads me to the next question. Um, the importance of training the next generation. So you rely on your instructors who have had the experience, the real world experience in that work, in that job. And then they decide that they want to give back and train the next generation. Um, is it difficult to find instructors to, to do that? I will say that our only, the only difficulty that we experience is the industry paying a higher wage than, than the state can pay. Um, that would be our only hiccup. But you have nurses, veteran nurses, who have experienced all sorts of situations in a hospital setting or in a doctor's office, and they, they do want a little bit slower pace, but they want to pass on that knowledge that they've learned and really not only provide the technical skills, but also the compassionate care. They want to pass that along so that next nurse will have the same bedside manner and caring heart that they have. And like, this is something that you may come across and you need to be prepared to deal with that. And that is just as important for that program specifically as the technical skills to be able to save someone's life, sure. but also to be able to communicate with that person's family and empathize the with them. The soft skills. Yes. And the, gosh, I can imagine the soft skills you need in those stressful yeah, situations. Yeah, and, and I guess there's really a place for, like, as we talk about 
the gray tsunami effect and you've kind of got this wave of retirees, um, if they are looking to, like most people, you work your whole life hoping to retire and then once retirement hits, you're like, I don't think I want to retire. So this is a way that they could still pass on that knowledge well, and still be involved, still, but not yeah. in a stressful situation that yeah. they've, they've worked in for years. And we found that to be true with with many of our programs. They can, if, even if they don't want to come back and be a full-time instructor, they can come and teach an adjunct course or they can still work in the field. We have several instructors mm-hmm. who work a day job, you know, doing what they've done for years, but in the, in the evenings, they can come and they can teach the next generation of welders or electrical line workers and, and really prepare them and make an impact on the future just by preparing the next generation. Yeah. Y'all are doing the hard work. Um, our technical college system mm-hmm. is definitely doing the hard work. Um, and you are at the center of the workforce plan. Um, the birth to work pipeline is can seem very overwhelming, um, but this is a really important piece. And I'm ex- you know, we're excited to have you to be a part of the working group. Um, you know, as we're continuing to enter into phase two and um, iron out some of the goals and the strategies to to help meet some of these um, these numbers right here, um, I'm excited to have you by our side. And thanks so much for being a part of our podcast today and sharing a little bit about what Southern Regional Technical College is doing in our region. Of course. Well, I'm excited to be a part of everything. I'm excited to see how the workforce plan actually comes to fruition and and to reap the benefits of a better Thomas County for generations to come. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brittany. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Thomasville, a podcast produced by Summerhill Creative. Be sure to find other episodes wherever you download your podcast and share with a friend. If you're curious about a certain topic and how it relates to our community, connect with us at imaginethomasville.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.